0: Right, good to go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensi. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's
1: going pretty good. And as I was saying in a big interview we did this week, it's practically balmy here in Calgary at a single degree.
0: I know. And I also mentioned during this big interview that we got to this week that it's about the same here.
1: Yeah. Big, big, warm Calgary. Yeah. Maybe it's time to start referring to
0: Tropical Duncan. Ooh, I don't know about that, man. Because, you know, <laughs> the city of Calgary, Alberta holds the official title of the Tropical Metropolis. True, true. Yeah. So before we go any further into this episode, I guess we should break kayfabe and tell everybody what we got to do this week.
1: We got to interview the Sense DJ,
0: and it was awesome. It was. So, once again, big thank you to Sends DJ Alex Marchand for coming on the show this week to talk with us. That interview will be up later this week, so make sure you get a chance to listen to that, and also get a chance to hit him up on Twitter and let him know that you may or may not prefer the NHL 100 Classic DJ.
1: He'll pass the message along. He swears.
0: Absolutely, man. He even took some notes from him.
1: Mm-hmm. The funniest thing talking in that interview was like just thinking it's like man i remember you and i used to have so many of those stupid mix cds and to hear that someone else did that as well is just like okay we weren't weird for doing that
0: i know because remember back in the day it was me who got you guys onto all this crazy ass music like kmfdm and ministry and skinny puppy and one of our all-time favorites green jello
1: green jello and then i brought journey and you two into the room everyone's like okay what the fuck is what's with the tone shift here and queen queen days were good days
0: queen days were good days buddy i still haven't seen bohemian rhapsody by the way have you
1: no i've heard mixed things about it and it's funny because i whenever i look over the person sitting next to me on a plane they're watching bohemian rhapsody so i swear i've seen more i don't know how much of the movie i've seen but i know i've seen some of it
0: okay all right so you tim's tim, well this, shot oh yeah so this episode tim guess what tim
1: Do we have a player?
0: We do have a player, but also this episode is Season 2, Episode 22, which means, in chronological order, Episode 50. We're halfway to syndication, Tim. Oh, baby. Well, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on to that, whoa, baby, because the cover athlete for this week, it's a doozy. And I'll give you a hint, Tim. He's known for two things. For ending... Fan favorites in training camp. But also, he is a point-per-game player. See a Patrick Seeloff is the cover athlete. Yes, Patrick Seeloth. No, we're not kidding, Adam. No, he really is our cover athlete for this week.
1: How is he the only Ottawa Senators player to have ever worn number 50?
0: Well... I'll tell you what, Tim, next week for Season 2, Episode 23, in Chronological Order, Episode 51, we only have one player, and that's Derek Smith.
1: Yeah, but at least he played time in the NHL.
0: Patrick Seelhoff played two games. He had two goals. Yes. Do not disregard him just because he is a point-per-game player, Tim?
1: Honestly, fair enough. I just don't even know what to say.
0: I know. I don't know either, buddy. I guess the best thing we should do is talk about our weeks. So how has your week been, Tim?
1: Honestly, pretty good. Mostly just editing work that i previously done. Okay. So it's been pretty chill in that regard. Oh, uh, since last, I wrote a pretty spicy take on my blog the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I pissed a bunch of people off. That was fun. Crazy. And it wasn't even about what I wrote in the blog. So basically what I was doing was I was using stats to figure
0: out if the types of anime that Weiss Schwartz, the card game that I play, were
1: based on were changing. Okay. So I had to classify each show into a genre myself, and I classified a show as idle, and that pissed off a bunch of nerds.
0: Ooh, you never want to piss off the nerds, Tim. It's true, but it was also one one of
1: our most read articles within a day. Just because I wrote something accidentally inflammatory. And like people are still talking about it towards the end of the week. So I'm like, huh. Octakes have staying power.
0: Absolutely. Now, just so everybody knows, how many readers per week do you think that you guys have?
1: Per week?
0: Or just on an average per week?
1: An average week, I'd say we get a couple hundred.
0: It's not bad. Cause how many is it? Is it two of you, three of you that write it for it?
1: Uh, there's four of us, and we generally put out one or two articles a week. Oh, okay. I try to write at least weekly, but uh, I wasn't when I was in Ottawa. I just didn't have time to write. So last week I did. I spent most of the week just pulling together data, and then my keyboard died. Oh. So I had to replace it with this. So uh, last week you might have heard me uh, while we are searching up some players, you might have heard my keyboard clicking. So I got to replace it with a mechanical keyboard. This thing's weird. In which way? It's much smaller than a standard keyboard, so buttons are just mapped in random-ass places. Okay. Uh, because a button built it. So, for instance, uh, it doesn't have a number row, so to access the number rows, you have to press keys near the spa- where the space bar would be.
0: Right. It's split into two like an ergonomic keyboard
1: so where the space bar normally is has been replaced with backspace and enter okay so it, this thing is weird it's weird to type on so what i'm noticing is a lot i'm having to go back and really be check what i'm running because i'll write something look back and there's going to be there's a bunch of words that are missing their last letter letter and are right next to each other because i was hitting backspace instead of space crazy yeah, I'll get used to it eventually, and it's really comfy.
0: Is it? Oh, well, that's good, Tim. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I'll How's recap it? my week real quickly here, Tim, because this past week I celebrated my 27th birthday. Nice. Yes, yeah, wasn't too bad. I didn't do too much. I went out for dinner on Sunday, so that was really good. Went out to this place in Quinova Bay. It was all right. We go there a couple of times. I don't want to say that I dislike the food, but I never walk away from there thinking, wow, that's the best meal I ever had. Go somewhere else. But that's the place they like. I didn't even know we were going for dinner. I thought we were having dinner at my dad's place. And we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going out for dinner tonight. Oh, okay.
1: It's someplace out in Cordova Bay.
0: Yeah, it's over by my dad's place. so It was somewhat close enough. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't really care. 27 now.
1: I don't get to I don't get to argue this sort of thing.
0: <laughs> no. No, that's just my life note, Tim.
1: Huh.
0: Yeah. But I will say though, it, it was a pretty good week. Uh, I went to work on Tuesday. Decent enough day. Um what else did I do? Oh yes. Thursday got to go to Colin which the I think I've mentioned this on the show, a food and drink show in Victoria. Yes. And I know I, I told you this before we hit record that my brother sent me a screenshot of the promotional video for this year and I'm actually in it. Nice. Yeah, and I remember looking at that thinking, oh my God, that is me. Why did I think that goatee was a good idea? That's terrible. (laughs) Gotta live clean
1: shaven life, my
0: dude. I know. But I will say, though, is that on my birthday, I had to get up twice to go pee in the middle of the night. I stood there, and I quickly realized that this is now my life, and I died a little bit inside. Yep. It comes for us all. I know. I mean, hell, even last night watching the Sens-Bruins game, I ate half a bag of the Sweet Chili Heat Doritos, and my stomach was killing me all night.
1: Body's failing on you already. Going to be up in that geriatric
0: ward soon. I know, and my hips hurting me from hockey. Oh, Jesus. I should just pack her in, man. Everything's falling apart on me.
1: Yeah, nuts that. Go claim your CPP.
0: I know. Thankfully, I have one through work, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. So let's quickly talk about last week's episode because it was what it was.
1: I really don't know where that conversation about silicone up in testicles came from.
0: It came, I really don't. Actually, you know where it came from? Because remember, we were talking about Mila Khalifa had blew out one of her implants. You just went totally off the rails with that conversation. I'm sitting here going, what the fuck is he talking about?
1: I just remember reading this news story about some guy dying because they screwed up putting silicone into his nut sack. But he had like nuts the size of volleyballs. I'm just like, the fuck is this story? And you know when you read shit like that, it's like half of the brain's like, I gotta share this dumb shit.
0: I think, like yeah, well, part realize. of you, when you read it, is like, this is awful, but I can't look away.
1: Yeah, and then the other part is like, I can't look away, but someone else has to know, too.
0: I know, it's like a car crash, or a donkey sex show, you you just never look away, or forget about it.
1: Yeah, so now, there's just, in the back of my mind somewhere, there's, some guy died because he had too much silicone in his nuts. It's just permanently etched in there.
0: Yep, it's just there now, buddy. It's coming out on my deathbed, I know it. Oh yeah. I, I just know, like if we know each other when you die, that's the one thing I'm gonna mention in the in the speech.
1: And he was sitting there. He was about to die. He's just like, yo, Tay, remember that time that some guy died because he had too much silicon in his nuts?
0: Yeah. Or better yet, no, I maybe I wouldn't do that at your wedding. That's just not right.
1: No, because then I'd do... That'd be something I'd say at my wedding.
0: That's true, because one of us would go up there and be like, you know, Tim, what can I say? I remember we were doing a podcast one time, and we were talking about breast implants, and then you just brought up gay guys getting silicon shot into their balls.
1: (laughs) This has got nothing on... Dean Brown's grinder comments have nothing on this.
0: You know what's funny, and... uh, when Alex, when we were talking, asking him about uh, that question, Rapid Fire, and he brought up, Dean Brown would probably bring up like an antidote. I wanted to bring up his grinder thing from the Suns call-ups. <laughs> so weird. So weird. That's so weird. It is, Tim. Well, Tim, so I, I guess.
1: That that.
0: Oh, it was really good, man. And you know what? I can't wait for that interview to come out because even though I was a little bit nervous going into it, I feel it may have been one of our best. Oh, totes. For sure. So, with all that out of the way, Tim, I guess it's time to segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Tim, you know that I hate starting Top of the Hour with deaths. And we've got three of them this week. Oh, damn. Yeah, so we're starting off with the Blaineville. The Boise, Nevada. Forward Alec Reed passed away at age 18 due to complications related to his ep- epilepsy. Reed only played in 11 games with the team before he had to be forced out of action on the 19th of February due to several recent episodes that left him unable to play.
1: Oh, that's insane! It's impressive that he managed to get to that level of hockey mm-hmm. with such a condition that was obviously chronic.
0: For sure. And I mean, stuff like this, maybe not so much epilepsy, but conditions like that are not, are sometimes not uncommon in hockey. As you remember if uh, J.S. Shiguer, he had that, he had that condition where he can only drink water from his water bottle out of a straw. Mm. And I think there's one game he's playing in the minors, he lost like 15 pounds during a game and had to get rushed to hospital from dehydration.
1: Right, because he couldn't drink from a standard water bottle.
0: Yeah, because there was some sort of condition that he had that made it hard for him to do that, or he was unable to do it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But holy shit, 15 pounds in a game? That's insanity.
0: Yeah. I might have to double-check that. I think it was 15. It may have even been 20 pounds. But I know it was around that number anyway. That's nutty, dude. For sure. Also, in the death department... Wendell Clark's brother, Don Clark, passed away at age 56 after a battle with cancer. Don served as an executive in the Prince Albert Raiders and Saskatoon Blades organizations. That's actually quite young. It is. And the thing is, is that, I mean, yeah, 56, like, that's really young. But you can't say that his life didn't go... I'm lost for words right now, Tim. Hmm.
1: I guess the other thing is i also didn't realize how we, that how kind i always thought like wendell clark and those guys were older
0: yeah me too i mean i guess because they played in the 80s that you sort of assume that oh yeah they're much much older but i guess when you see these guys and they're like in their mid 50s now late 50s and it's like wow like they're only that old
1: yeah they're like About the same age as our parents. That's kind of nutty.
0: Yeah, well, to think about it, I think, like, Wayne Gretzky is 50... How old's Wayne nowadays? 55? 56?
1: It's even weird to think he's
0: that old, though, hey? It's true. I mean, guys like Ray Bork are almost 60.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Well, even Brian Leach is getting up there, too.
0: He is. And you know what's funny? And I didn't realize how old he was until I looked him up on... Wikipedia and I was like Wow like he's Wow crazy I thought he was much older than that Yeah no kidding Mm -hmm. Now for the third death And this is probably the one That hit the hardest Just because of What he was able to do for the game of hockey Former Detroit Red Wings forward Ted Lindsay passed away at age 93. Lindsay recorded 379 goals, 472 assists for 851 points in 1,068 games over 17 seasons with the Detroit Red Wings and Chicago Blackhawks, winning four Stanley Cups in 1950, 52, 54, and 1955 with Detroit, an Art Ross trophy in 1950, and a Hockey Hall of Fame induction in 1996, following with a Jersey retirement with the Red Wings in 1991. However, Lindsay's greatest legacy will be the formation of the very first National Hockey League Players Association in 1957.
1: That's a that's a lot of stuff to do in one career. And uh, you can see that he was like that was a depth that rallied the community cuz uh Lindsay Ted Ted number 7 was on every well, every set of boards in the NHL this weekend.
0: Mhm. And I know that and I can't remember I can't remember who it was, but they tweeted out that Don Fair, Bill Derry, and Gary Bettman didn't go to the funeral. And they said that was really disrespectful of them to not do that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, especially Don Fair, because Don Fair's the head of the National Hockey League Players Association today.
1: Maybe they just felt they didn't know the guy well enough.
0: Maybe, but given that Ted Lindsay was the first guy that came up with a union, per se, in hockey, given that he... And hell, if you even go into Wikipedia, like, if you look up his Wikipedia page, there's a whole thing about his... what he was able to do for the Players Association, then
1: mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, maybe not so much Bettman, but the other two, it's maybe they were to just... by the time they got involved with this working in the executive side of the league, Ted Lindsay was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just felt they didn't know the guy well enough. Maybe, And I don't know him enough about the funeral itself to really say anything, but it's definitely a lot of things that could be going on or it could just be plain disrespect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So he for anybody it, right? out there that is interested in looking up what Ted Lindsay was able to do for the Players Association, definitely look it up on his Wikipedia page because there's a whole article... Or a whole section, like it's the funny thing. And I'm looking at it right now. His playing career gets a small thing. His retirement and legacy gets uh, a little bit longer. And then you look at what he did for the Players Association. And that's the 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 meat of it. That's the real meat of it, right there. Is just all the stuff. And I read through this because the I don't want to say the great thing about doing the show when you learn about deaths is that you really get to know the players who passed away, because I end up reading up about them to talk about for the story, and I did not really know how much. Like, I knew that Ted Lindsay was involved with the first PA, but I had no idea the accomplishments that he was able to do for the Players Association.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's something that most people just don't really think about.
0: For sure. And I know that next week we're going to talk about the passing of... Harry Howell, and he had a great, great quote when he won the Norse Trophy in 1967, but I will save that for next week, Tim.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of history to cover, man.
0: For sure. Well, let's start off with some good news. The final injured member of the Humboldt Broncos has officially been released from hospital. Morgan Gobel spent 333 days doing intense physical, occupational, and speech therapy.
1: That's a really long hospital stay, dude.
0: For sure. And the great thing is that he got the kick plate that says Believe, and the picture I believe was on either his Instagram or Twitter. I can't I can't remember the source where I saw the photo, but that's really great that he was the one that ended up getting that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's good to see that he's been able to get some semblance of normal in his life.
0: Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I can't even imagine not just the physical or some of the trauma that he's went to, but even through, say, his mental state, like a PTSD and some of the things that now he has to live with the rest of his life. Yeah, but But I can't even imagine like what he's going through with that.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But uh, it's good to see that he's at least making some progress, right?
0: For sure. Let's move on to our next story. Now, this is a story that I should have had on last week's Top of the Hour, but unfortunately, I did fail to mention it, and that's why we're going to mention it right now. The Calgary Flames have retired Jerome McGinley's number 12 prior to their game versus Minnesota. McGinley spent 17 seasons with Calgary after being traded to the Flames in 1995 from the Dallas Stars for Joe Newendike, recording 525 goals, 570 assists for 1,095 points in 12,019 games. Now, I know that when it comes time to do our 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame wish list episode, I will tell, let everybody know right now, this guy's going to be at number one because he's going to get in the first year. He's such a class act. You talk about all the respect he had in the league from his teammates, his former former players, his teammates, and even executives is second. Well, number.
1: the city of Calgary too. Like the guy is a legend here.
0: For sure, and you know what? He's one of the guys that it doesn't matter what team you cheer for. It doesn't matter if you're an Oilers fan or a Canucks fan or whatever. You cannot hate Jerome Gillen. He was that much of a class act.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Although when he got onto the ice, it was business time.
0: Absolutely, and I know that when we got a chance to talk to Nick Fleehart from Beer League Talk back in the summer, we talked about Jerome Ginla because he had just officially retired, and I brought up the tweet uh who the hell was it I think it was Shane Donovan said that when they were down in the south like in Texas or one of these places talking to a cab driver and Jerome asked me if he's ever been to a game he says no I couldn't afford it he saved the driver and his family tickets to the game nice yeah and even at the 2002 Olympics same sort of thing happened where Jerome's family was staying at a hotel in Salt Lake City and he went out to dinner and he met a couple of fans from Calgary who said they were sleeping in their car because they couldn't get a room. Jerome McGinley went to the hotel and got them accommodations.
1: Dude's awesome.
0: Absolutely. But I guess,
1: that, well, it's just like, and his willingness to be at, well, just be part of whatever community he's currently playing in is bit was definitely what another thing that helped endear him to Calgary as well. Like, oh, sure. He sure. doesn't ha- he doesn't have the Stanley cup, but he's got the, he's got, one or two Olympic gold medals.
0: Dude's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. And you look at the amount of awards he has. Like, he has an Art Ross. He has two gold medals. He has, I believe, a Memorial Cup. I think he... I don't know if he won World Junior. Uh, World Championships, I'm not sure if he won. Uh, World Cup, I know he won that. I think he won it... I th- he definitely won it once in 2004. And I don't recall if he was on the 2016 team. I don't believe he was. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about Jerome McGinley that we could literally do a whole episode on him.
1: Wouldn't be a bad episode.
0: No, absolutely wouldn't. However, I think our next story would actually make a a decent episode, too. Although we are not a we're not a podcast about cults or murders or any of that stuff. That's the last podcast on the lot. Absolutely. But this next story would be perfect for that. Former New Jersey Devils draft pick Ben Johnson is being accused of rape, incest, and cult activity. Johnson, who was convicted in 2016 of sexually assaulting a 16-year-old girl, is now being accused by a Twitter user claiming he is a third-generation rapist with a taste for minors and was raised in a religious cult who believes incest is not a sin to them. The user went on to say that he he is doing everything he can to remove him from the East Coast Hockey League where Johnson is currently playing.
1: I don't want to follow this story Because there's a There's a lot to unpack here
0: For sure Because I got interested Because I looked at this I looked up the guy on Google He's a creepy Fucking looking dude too man He just looks like One of those killer Cabbage patch doll kids
1: Oh jeez Also When someone says Third generation rapist Do they mean that His father and grandfather Were also rapists
0: Yes Okay That's what I thought Mm Hmm. Now, the one thing I failed to mention when talking about the story was that the user himself claimed that he was Johnson's cousin.
1: Huh. That's, that's definitely interesting.
0: Yeah, because I was reading up on this, and I'd be like, wow, this is, this is some sick stuff, man. Like, like, I'm not... Like, I understand this stuff does happen, but you don't usually hear about it in sports. like Like the weird cult stuff? Yeah, like the weird cult or... Uh, like the incest stuff, stuff like that that we're talking about in this story. You generally don't hear about that with athletes.
1: No. Or at least it's a better card- guarded secret. Who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff that we usually hear about is, like, is the more sexual assault stuff, like head coaches molesting their players or either players doing this to other people, stuff like that. But we don't generally don't hear it from about families, but I mean, we don't hear about the players themselves within the families.
1: And definitely not cults. No. Although I'm surprised there's not more science, weird Scientology stuff like there is in Hollywood.
0: True. But I mean, I guess because, you know, hockey and sports in general is a billion dollar business, they try and hide that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. But then again, Hollywood's like a billion dollar business, is a couple probably a $100 billion business and That shit's just all over the place. But I guess it's you can't shut Tom Cruise up.
0: No. No, no matter how many badass stunts he may do in Mission Impossible.
1: Yeah. On to the next story.
0: For sure. The Ontario Hockey Federation announced that 15-year-old Shane Wright of the minor midget AAA Don Mills Flyers has been granted exceptional player status to enter the OHL draft a year early. Wright is going to join an exclusive list, including John Tavares and Connor McDavid, of players being granted the status.
1: It's got to be fucking lights out then.
0: Mm-hmm, because I understand, I think the WHL might be doing the same thing. It's either I think it's either WHL or OHL. There's another player coming up that they're trying to get that status for, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he just got denied.
1: Uh, okay, but like, yeah... If they want this kid that badly, fuckers, sorry, kids got to be good.
0: Yeah, because I remember, oh God, when was this? 2010, 2011, when Aaron Eckblad first became a thing. And I said online that you wait in three years, this kid's going to be a first overall draft pick. Yeah, no kidding. And he went first overall in 2014 to Florida. TSN insider Frank Cellevelli reported that a significant rule change could be in place for the 2019-20 season. The proposed rule change would enable a coach to decide which circle to use for a power play opening face-off. Cervelli also reported that NHL GMs are in support of the rule change. Now, I, I'm okay with this rule change, but I can see... This screwing over a team Especially if they use it in the playoffs When the games really matter
1: Well I also get why they're doing it Because well they obviously want more scoring
0: Yeah Which I mean if you were to look at the The stats for this season That's definitely not a problem Like scoring has been up this year And there's been a lot of support from NHL GMs about it Excuse me So I can understand why they want to put that rule in But I'm just looking at From the point of if they have this rule change in and say you're in mid March, mid to late March, a team's fighting to make the playoffs, and that's what screws them in the end to make the playoffs, I can totally see people being kinda of pissed off about it.
1: Yeah, but it's the rules he signed up to play with, right? Oh, for sure. So I don't I don't see it as that
0: big of an issue. No. No, but I can understand where people could be upset about it though.
1: Mm hmm. Fair enough.
0: NHL.com's Dan Rosen reported that GMs have drafted a provision in which players who lose their helmet during play must immediately go to the bench or face a penalty. He also reported the league will also look at making helmets mandatory during warm-ups as well. Now, the funny thing is like the helmets during warm-ups, I can, I totally see where the GMs are go- coming from because say you have a superstar player like a Connor McDavid or an Eric Carlson or who are Sidney Crosby, and they don't wear a helmet. Say they take a slap shot off the head, and they're out with a concussion in warm-ups.
1: Yeah, it's shitty. But yeah. at the same time, I, I kind of get the opposite view, because it's like, what happens during warm-ups, like all the kids rush to the front, so it's kind of cool to have the athletes put the helmets, so the kids can interact with them. Mm-hmm. Like, give and take, right?
0: For sure, and... Like, I'm trying to look at both sides, and I do agree with yours, but I'm saying on my end, the way I'm looking at it, is that players, they risk being injured in warm-ups. Say they hit a rut in the ice and they go head first into the boards, or they take a slap shot or a shot off the head. And I can't remember if it was this season or last season, same thing happened with Mark Borvieski, is that he got a deflected shot off the head and had to go off her stitches.
1: Yeah, like, it's... You yeah, understand the this, like, safety concerns probably paramount here, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Former NHL star Joe Juno and his family's home went up in flames, completely destroying the home along with all of the family's possessions. Juno posted on Facebook that while he is deeply saddened about the house fire, he is grateful that everyone is alive and not hurt.
1: It's good that everyone got out.
0: For sure. And Joey Juno, he's one of those guys that I think as time goes on, People don't realize how good of a player he really was because I think he still holds the record for most assists by a left winger as a rookie. I think he still holds that record, if I'm not mistaken, with the Boston Bruins. I will double-check on that, and I will get back to you regarding that. But you look at his career. like He played for a lot of teams, including the Ottawa Senators, for a cup of coffee. And he was always a very consistent player. And when he played for Boston, he seemed like he was going to be maybe the next Great playmaker.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's just one, of, but he kind of faded out a bit, right?
0: Yep. Like yeah, just people kind of thought about him. For sure, and he's also—I think he's one of the, probably one of the most well-known players to ever come out of Alaska. Hmm. Him and Scott Gomez. Yeah, but like 102 points, it,
1: like in his first full season with Boston, is pretty
0: insane. For sure How many assists did he have Tim by the way
1: In the 92-93 season He had 70
0: 70 yeah So that's a record That will never be broken Because And I think if I'm not mistaken That year 90 You said 92-93 right Yeah where they
1: had 84 games
0: That too But I'm just trying to th- No uh, Cam Neely would have scored 50 In the next year Uh, But he might have been Playing with Adam Oates That might have been Why he got all those points
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Although it's like, he meant, it's not like he never got to at least 50 assists again like he did with the Caps. Oh, for sure, man. Although, yeah, like the end of, after he left the Capitals, his career kind of went by the wayside, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is what it is, Tim. A trailer for the Sports Illustrated documentary on the late Humboldt Broncos' Logan Bullitt and his his wish to become an organ donor has been released that's well, nice. Broncos Jersey graced the cover of the latest edition of the magazine for a feature story called the Logan Effect
1: I wonder if I'll actually end up watching the movie or not hard
0: to say I don't know because I was going to watch the documentary but because of the week that I had I didn't get a chance to to check it out but it does seem like something I will be very interested in and I might check it out when it comes out uh, much like the Bob Probert documentary we talked about earlier this year This is a story that I will always keep mentioning the Humboldt Broncos because I think as time has gone on, a lot of people don't talk about Humboldt anymore. Because if you remember back when the accident happened last spring, it was a big deal. Like, you know, you had all those donations, the news was talking about it, people leaving their sticks on the front deck, and it just seemed like after a couple of months, it became like yesterday's news, that everybody stopped talking about it.
1: Well, the thing, though, is like, what more can you say about it? For sure. Other than like, even now because like most those that passed have been buried and the survivor the survivors are now all at a hospital. Like, what more is there? Like the town the town used the funds to rebuild the arena and support and provide support to uh the
0: survivors. It's really what more is left. For sure. And I also I was reading that with the reformed Humboldt Broncos they made the playoffs this year, Tim. Nice. Yeah, so good That's on them. Good on them. Dallas Stars forward Alexander Raduloff was a healthy scratch for their game versus the New York Rangers due to Raduloff being late for practice, violating team policy.
1: I'm a little surprised. I thought ra- that was ra- behind Raduloff.
0: True, but you know what? When you look at the drama surrounding the Dallas Stars, especially la- earlier this season with the comments their CEO made about Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben, I'm really not surprised that this came out about Radloff.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a fun situation to be in.
0: No, and and you know my thoughts on the Dallas Stars is that to me, on paper, they should be a better team. And then I see them and I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Like, and I know that Jason Spetz is on the twilight of his years, and you know, their goaltending has been pretty shaky, but still, like, on paper, you look at that roster and you're thinking, okay, this is a team that should play and be better.
1: Yeah. And it's weird because it's like you would expect their offense to be more powerful, but it's just not really there.
0: Mm-hmm. San Jose Sharks forward Jonathan Dolan shut down his social media accounts following hateful message from the fans of his former team, the Vancouver Canucks. Dolan was traded to San Jose from Vancouver at the trade deadline. What
1: the fuck's wrong with Vancouver fans?
0: I don't You're know. Making- I really don't know what's wrong with them, Tim.
1: I don't understand.
0: I don't know. I mean, the fans are crazy, but as I've said in the past, like the media is so unforgiving with that team. And I remember about 15 years ago when, after Topper Bertuzzi punched out Steve Moore, like Vancouver reporters camped out on his front lawn trying to get a story. I forgot
1: that that was fifteen years ago.
0: Yeah, that was fifteen years ago. This week on, I believe it was it was on Thursday.
1: Holy shit!
0: I know, very first NHL game I ever went to. Tim, Do you picked the hell of a game. I know. I was actually. You know what's funny? I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, I think I was more excited to see Colorado play because. Even though I was a Canucks fan, like, that was the first time I ever saw Joe Sackick play and Paul Korea play and Timo Solani and I... Uh, no, Forsberg was injured. He didn't play that day. So, like, Rob Blake was in that game and who else was in that game? Milan Hayduke was in that game. So, a lot of, like, all-star players was in the game. And, of course, on the Canucks side, you saw Naslin, Bertuzzi, Morrison, Linden, guys like that. So, I was very, very excited about that. But, yeah, seeing Joe Sackick, who was... I would even say my all-time favorite player. That was still a big thrill. And I remember <laughs> coming from the Concord into the where the bowl is, the very first player I saw was Paul Correa. And my first reaction was, man, he is really small.
1: Yeah, but it's still like, holy shit, hockey that good, holy shit.
0: I know. And they didn't even go very far into the playoffs. I think they got bounced in the second round. Crazy. Imagine if Patrick Quad stayed another year, Tim. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, oh, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with those fans, man. Because you know what, there have been players that they receive so much criticism on Twitter, and obviously, we're Senator fans. sends players like Bobby Ryan have done the same thing because of comments that since Twitter has made to them in the past.
1: Hmm. But it's just like the guy's not even the guy. Did he ever? Did he ever even play for the Canucks?
0: No, he was in their minor league system, and. Actually, a bit of an an update on that. Apparently, the H L Utica comments have been playing him as a fourth liner. They had just been screwing up his development, and Canuck fans were pissed right off about that.
1: Uh, That's weird. Yeah. But it's not the kid's
0: fault. It isn't. But you know what? As you said, Tim, it makes us feel a little bit better about the E. Burroughs trade now. I don't know. It's just also that – I remember talking about that That game in middle school Like early middle school This shit makes me feel old Yeah I know This is our life now Tim
1: Everyone was talking about it The day after it happened
0: Yeah it was insane Because I remember I came home that day And it didn't really hit me that The punch happened It was just like Huh You know because we got blown the fuck out In that game like 9 to 2 and I just remember coming home thinking, eh, you know, it would have been nice if Vancouver won, but whatever.
1: And then it was like, this guy got sucker punched. And then dog piled on. Yep. I'm glad shit like that doesn't happen in the AHL
0: anymore. I know. Although a goalie fight did almost happen between Vegas and Calgary this week. Really? Yeah, that was a, game, that was a chippy game. Me and a couple of my buddies went to uh, Boston Pizza after work for a beer for my birthday. And we were just sitting there watching the game. And we're just like, fuck, this game's real chippy because Matthew Jechuck had backed into Flurry and Flurry punched him and then the defenseman jumped in. Oh, yeah. It was crazy.
1: I should watch more of those Vegas games because that's a fun team to watch in Calgary. And, like, the Flames are very fun right now, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we know, well, we got the playoffs coming up pretty soon, Tim, so we'll definitely have to watch one of those games.
1: Yeah, maybe watch good hockey for much. Oh.
0: The Vancouver Canucks Canucks. attempted to hold a moment of silence in tribute of the recently deceased Hockey Hall of Famer Ted Lindsay during their home game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs when a shouting match between Canucks fans and Leafs fans occurred when Leafs fans chanting, Go Leafs Go! and Canucks fans were yelling at him to shut up. Toronto Star sports columnist Bruce Arthur tweeted that the incident was disgraceful.
1: What the fuck's wrong with Leafs fans? I don't want to generalize the bad behavior of some fans to an entire group, but
0: why does this shit keep happening? I don't know. But you know what, Tim? It's always the Leaf fans that you hear this about because obviously we're Sens fans. And we're not trying to be biased about this. But as Sens fans, you definitely hear stories about those Battle of Ontario games where Leaf fans are getting thrown out of the arena in pregame.
1: Yeah, like what the heck? I don't get it, man.
0: Yeah, like, was it two years ago or three years ago where TSN 1200 reported that, like, ten after six at night, like, the doors had just opened and a Leaf fan got thrown out of the building because he was drunk?
1: I really don't fucking get
0: it, man. I don't. But you know what, though? That's just so disrespectful that the Leaf fans would do that because, you know, I bet you anything if if any kind of fan base would do that in another arena – Toronto media would be all over that They'd be like oh they're so disrespectful You would never see that in Toronto And shit like that And we're thinking oh yes because All the comments you made about Phil Kessel And you sent death threats to James Reimer's wife Yeah yeah real uh, real classy there Toronto
1: They sent death threats to Mrs. Reimer? Yep What the fuck? Man Leaf's
0: Twitter is retarded I know God What the yeah. fuck? I don't know man Maple Police head coach Mike Babcock came to the defense of New York Islander fans following being harshly criticized for their treatment of former Islanders captain John Tavares in his return to Long Island. Babcock stated that while the reaction from the Leafs crowd in their home game following the trip to Long Island was great, he also thought the Islander fans showed the passion they have for John as well.
1: That's actually kind of a classy move for Babcock.
0: Mm-hmm. His comments, though, and I did get a chance to listen to the whole thing, it was really. Weird how he phrased it because he said something about if your knees don't hit the table, your opinion doesn't matter or something. And I was like, What the hell are you talking about, Babs?
1: I don't understand the idiom.
0: No, yeah, neither do I. But no, I did get like a chance to watch, I think it was on Facebook or YouTube. There was a fan who was at the Leafs Islanders game in Long Island. And the crowd just hated John Tavares in that game. It was so loud, the boos that he got in that game. I
1: mean, it kind of comes with the territory. Oh, if your knees don't hit the kitchen table. Let's see what this means. Okay. Uh, Up in our... uh. uh okay, I'm just getting weird neuroscience shit. Okay. Weird. Oh, well. Yeah, I'll, we'll figure it out. Okay, but it's like I don't know. It's cool that the fans, like, honestly, I don't mind that the fans like we already know what I think about it, and I think it's kind of cool that he came out and dealt with it. Oh, it's if your knees don't hit the table, you're a child, is what they're getting at.
0: Oh, okay, so that's what it's because I was listening to that, and I'm thinking I don't understand what reference he's making here.
1: So did he just call the like the people calling out Islanders fans children?
0: I guess so, Tim. I guess so.
1: We'll see where it goes. Yeah.
0: So, Tim, it's time to talk about Mr. Good Guy himself, Mitch Marner. Trying to make forward. Mitch Marner surprised seven-year-old Hayden Fulon on her birthday by visiting her. Fulon, who has been battling lymphoblastic leukemia for five years, is known to have a friendship with Marner.
1: Honestly, I think he's probably going to end up like Jerome McGinley. Just one of those guys where... By the end of his career, no one will have anything bad to say about the guy.
0: No, and and we've made our comments here that we're thinking, man, you know, you can hate the Toronto police all you want, but you can't hate somebody like Mitch Marner because you see all the good things that he's doing for fans.
1: It's a shame though, because like his name is so easy, so easy to big juvenile insults, juvenile insults with. It
0: but is, but he's just such a. You can't. No. It will be interesting if some team sends them an offer sheet and the Leafs end up losing them. I doubt
1: that anyone gets offer sheeted. I think the last offer sheet that anyone even cared about was that time that Paul Holmgren uh Weber sheet it sorry offer sheeted Weber. And that was five years ago.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna mention uh the time Kevin Lowe did that to Dustin Penner. And then got stuck with them? Yes. Yeah, But the reason why I do bring up the offer sheet Is because of our next story Boston Bruins forward Brad Marchand Responded to a tweet from the NHL Public Relations Twitter page regarding Mitch Marner Becoming the 8th Leafs player to require 66 or less games to hit 80 points Tweeting, I can't wait to see This kid's new deal 12 million AAV Question mark, question mark, it better be
1: Hey Marchand's looking out for the kid To get paid
0: Yeah but you know what? I love the fact that even like Smugfuck Dubis and all these guys from Toronto were like, "Oh, it's so nice to see that we're now in his head about this whole thing," and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." But I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I totally see where he's going with this, trying to pump Mitch Marner's, trying to pump him up, just so when he goes into free agency, he's like, "Hey, I'm worth ten million bucks, and you guys can't afford me."
1: Look, even Marshawn. One of the top scorers in the East is saying as much. But, uh, no, that's just Marshawn being chippy.
0: Yeah. Although, I will highly recommend him if you're on Instagram. you got to follow Brad Marshawn. He is a great guy now to follow on Instagram.
1: Why? Does he take fun- good pictures, or is it just sick pants?
0: No, he, uh, like he'll like he take a picture of one of his players. I think one was off Tory Krug standing next to Daniel Chara. And the caption was, When you finally let the kids play with the big boys.
1: okay so it's just straight bans
0: yeah it's pretty great i'm not gonna lie to you
1: Mm -hmm.
0: well tim it's time to talk about some wrestling wwe was in philadelphia for an episode of monday night raw when wwe superstar elias took a shot at the flyers and their beloved mascot gritty elias sang the words i know that i'm in philly because the stanley cup ain't here which was met with a negative reaction from the crowd. Now, as somebody who watches wrestling, and I will be the first to admit, I haven't really followed up on WWE for a while. Elias, if you remember in... this is I'm trying to remember. This is around the Invasion Angle, like 2001, 2002, when Dwayne Johnson did this thing called The Rock Show, where he basically had a stool in the middle of the ring, and he had an acoustic guitar, and he would sing a song about the city they were in. Uh, One of the greatest ones, and you've got to look this up on YouTube, they were in Sacramento at the arena where the Sacramento Kings play. This was like 2000, 2003 when the Sacramento Kings had this huge rivalry with the LA Lakers and The Rock was just talking shit about Sacramento saying, you know, I can't wait to leave here. It might be with a train, uh, might be on a plane, might be in a train. How do you people live here? You must be insane. And he closed it out with, but I'll be sure to come back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May. Damn, fuck it off! Yeah, but Elias is—that's kind of his gimmick that he's kind of doing that too. And I know when they were in Seattle, I think last year, they were talking with another wrestler, and Elias goes, "But Kevin, that doesn't make any sense. Let's like, let's like having a basketball team in Seattle, and the crowd just went nuts about that."
1: Holy shit! Yeah,
0: it's
1: a fucking good bats. Holy.
0: I know, but I will say, though, I hate the fact WWE refers to the wrestlers as superstars. They're professional wrestlers, guys. Come on. Get oh, it together, Vince. Oh, McMahon. Yep. Oh, we
1: got a good one next. Oh, we got three. We've had a lot of Leaf stories today. I'm going well, to be pretty
0: with you. Look, I can't help that the Toronto Police have been dominating the news story. And I have to say, though, in this news cycle, this is probably one of the longest top of the hours that we've done.
1: Yeah, and it's even after the goddamn uh, trade deadline, too. I thought we were going to be quick and easy so we can talk about futility.
0: Yeah, well, you know, thankfully we're recording this off Skype and not GarageBand anymore, Tim. No kidding. Yep. Toronto Maple Leafs have re-signed goalie Garrett Sparks to a one-year, $750,000 contract. Sparks recorded a seven-five-one record with a .902 save percentage with the Leafs.
1: Leafs fans must have hated this. Yep. I haven't seen someone scapegoated this hard since Jason Spezza.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, yeah. Poor Spezza, you know, he was such a talented player and he got such a bad rep from the fans, although I would say uh sticking with goalies, the late Ray Emery. Yeah. Yeah, I remember although- Remember how remember how uh, when in 180 that turned out to be within 1 year. He went from a guy who was just a character and a fun-loving guy in the room to being a cancer and a distraction.
1: Yeah. It was a tumultuous career
0: for sure. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some people, if we were going to get a chance to talk to, I would love to ask him about Ray Emery. But sticking with Garrett Sparks, it's all right. Seven hundred fifty grand for a backup. I know Lee fans don't think he's all that great, but you know what? I'm okay with it. Better than Mike
1: Condon.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. Toronto Maple Leafs have re-signed defenseman Andreas Borgman to a one-year, two-way contract with $700,000 for next season. Borgman recorded four goals, 11 assists for 15 points in 39 games for the AHL's Toronto Marlies.
1: Not bad, but we're starting to get to the shit-or-get-off-the-pot situation with Borgman.
0: For sure. Toronto Maple Leafs have signed Mac Hollowell to a three-year entry-level contract Hollowell is leading all defensemen in the Ontario Hockey League with 23 goals, 49 assists for 72 points in 89 games for the Sioux Saint Marie Greyhounds. That's
1: cool. Is he overaged or?
0: Ah, uh, I don't. I think so. I think he's like 19, 20 years old. If I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. So he's in his plus one year.
0: For sure. Pretty good. Yeah. So let's close out top of the hour. We're talking about some sens related stories. Ottawa Senators have sent out a letter to season ticket holders trying to entice them to keep their place in the Canadian Tire Centre and come back for next season when they unknowingly sent out the new season ticket holder at Perks with a photo of a Detroit Red Wings fan flipping them off. What? Yeah, didn't you see that on Twitter? Oh. Yeah, it was a picture, I think it was like of Thomas Chabot, Colin White, and Brady DeChuck scoring a goal in Detroit and there's a fan in the background giving them the finger. I looked at that and I just went, that is the most Ottawa Senators thing ever this year.
1: It's so unintentional, but it's so fucking funny.
0: I know. How did nobody get a whole catch that? That's what I want to know.
1: This is what happens when you don't have a front office, Tay. No quality assurance.
0: That's true. And we can't even blame the interviewer or the interview that we did on this week. Because he's not involved with that. He only works the music.
1: And works it well he does.
0: Absolutely. Although I do think the NHL 100 DJ was better, but you know, maybe he'll get past that note along to him. Perhaps, perhaps. Yep. Let's go on to our last story. NHL Commissioner Gary Bedman made comments regarding the failed bid for a new downtown arena for the Ottawa Centre, stating that major products is something that will change over time and that Eugene Melnick is very focused on looking for what he has to do and what his best options are under the circumstances. Bettman also stated that he has not been asked to step in, but is willing to help when appropriate and when asked.
1: Yeah, so it looks like Eugene needs needed Bettman to do some PR saving for him.
0: I mean, well, you yeah. know what? Part of me is like, I'm surprised Gary would do that. But you know what? And somebody actually put it on, on Twitter, is that the commissioner will support the owner until he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm surprised that Gary Bettman's even supporting Melnick after, as you recall, last this past April when the Sens had to take a loan from the league to meet salary.
1: Yeah. I won I just really wonder where they are.
0: I really don't know, world? man. It's crazy. Well, Tim, I guess that uh, wraps up top of the hour for this week, which means it's time to go on into the games, though. We got four games to talk about this evening. We've got the Sens versus the Panthers, Sens versus the Islanders, Islanders versus the Sens, and the Sens versus the Bruins. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game! Time to play
1: the game!
0: <laughs> okay, Tim, let's start talking about the Sens versus the Panthers. This is a 3 to 2 Senators victory. Sens' goals scored by Zach Smith. Brian Gibbons, and Rudolph Balsers. Panthers scores are scored by Alexander Barkov and Troy Brouwer. Shots for <coughs> 33-32 for the Senators. Zach Smith scores to make it 1-0 Senators. Alexander Barkov tips in the point shot to tie the game at 1. Troy Brouwer scores to make it 2-1 Panthers after pulling Nielsen out of position. Brian Gibbons scores in the slot to tie the game at 2. And Rudolph Balsers tips in the point shot to make it 3-2 Senators, which would be the final. As I've said... I had a condense watch this game because I went out for dinner that night for my birthday. So, from what I saw, Ottawa looked really solid in this game. Their offensive play was good, their defensive play seemed solid, and Anders Nielsen seemed fantastic in this game.
1: The other thing is, I don't think I've ever seen a team give less of a shit
0: about the game they're playing than this current iteration of the Florida Panthers. Well, I mean, I can think of one team when we get to that game, but you know... Yeah, it didn't seem like that. It seemed like they were just sort of going through the paces from what I was seeing in their condensed version.
1: Yeah, and like, for a team that's just above 500, it's not going to cut it. No. And it's almost as if the team has just figured that they're going to miss.
0: So, who cares? Yeah, which is not a good attitude to have, especially if you're going into or trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Although it's like they're five, six, they're seven wins back of the
1: Habs and of the Blue Jackets, and they're also behind the Flyers by four. Mm-hmm. I think it's not going to happen.
0: No, unless those teams go into a slump in Florida it gets red hot. But you know what? Still, if you're still trying to fight for the playoffs, there's no need to go through the paces. You need to put your penalty in the metal and get going.
1: Mm-hmm. But... No, it's just look. The team just didn't really give a shit. That's crazy. Let's talk about Anders. And yeah, especially for- after the sen after the sense third goal, the game the game just kind of slowed right down.
0: Okay, let's talk about Anders Nilsson. Thirty saves, a point nine three eight save percentage. This was another great outing for Anders Nilsson in this game.
1: Hmm. He wasn't tested that hard, though. No, a lot of the shots were to the outside or from far out in the slot. So he wasn't it wasn't like it was like great A score. He only had a few like five alarm bell save type situations. Right. And honestly, he was getting covered pretty he was getting some pretty decent defensive coverage from Shabbat, Willana, and C and Demelo.
0: But still so he no, man. if you can make like, thirty saves with that save percentage, even if the shots are from from uh from the outside, it's still a good outing good. if you get the W in the end. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Zach Smith, he had five shots, one goal. From what I saw, I thought he looked decent in this game, Tim. He
1: looked pretty good. And, like, if Ottawa's going to be anywhere near respectable down the stretch, you're going to need better games out of Ottawa's kind of dead weight.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're especially seeing that from guys like an Oscar Lindbergh or a Brian Gibbons, guys who we got in the trade deadline who were quietly putting together a nice little run. Even if, you know... They don't light up the score sheet every night. You can tell that they're here and they want to play.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's... It's weird because of the guys I've never heard of before.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, even Brian Gibbons. Like, he potted another goal in this game. And I have to say, I've been kind of happy with his play since we got him.
1: Yeah, he's just one of those guys that I didn't really know much about. But I like what he does night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Like, he's clearing the zone nicely... He moves the puck, and he's actually pretty competent when it comes to uh, just making sure the puck's going the right
0: way. Because mm-hmm. I know that we said the exact same thing about Dylan DeMello and Chris Tierney when we got him from San Jose, and they have both been very, very decent players for the Ottawa Senators this year, especially Tierney.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, just don't really know much about Chris Gibbons, and I'm not sure he's actually played he hasn't had much ice time with the sense, so it would be interesting to see where it goes.
0: Mm-hmm. And I want to point out that you must not know much about him because you got his name wrong. It's Brian Gibbons. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Yeah, uh, I do want to make one final comment before going to our second game of the evening. Dennis Potvin, as Panthers commentator, man, that guy's nasally as fuck to listen to. Like, he's a great player, a Hall of Famer, superstar defenseman for the Islanders. The guy sucks as a commentator. I cannot... I don't even know if I would be able to listen to a whole game with that voice.
1: Yeah, no. I didn't listen... I don't think I listened to the Panthers feed, so... I wouldn't have known.
0: No, because I know that the condensed version that I watch was of the Panthers home feed. So that's why... I didn't listen to the TSN 5 feed of that game. So that's why I had to make the comment.
1: Yeah. Although... Is Brian Gibbons' contract up at the end of the year?
0: You know what? I can quickly have a look for you, Tim.
1: Even if he's playing well now, I'm not sure I want him back.
0: No, because you don't want another situation like a Tom Pyatt or one of these guys who, you know, they bring him in, you know, they're thinking, okay, he's a plug, he can fit him in, whatever. But, do we really want to keep him around after this No, because
1: it also looks like his overall career has has been pretty bad, but he was also on a Randy Carlisle team this year. True. So the Randy, the old Randy Carlisle classic, really brings him down. Yeah, but you have to wonder how it's him and how much is Randy Carlisle.
0: I think so. So from what I'm seeing here uh, through CapFriendly.com, uh, yeah, he is up this year. He only signed a one year contract. Oh, okay. Okay. Oscar Lindberg might be worth keeping though. Mm -hmm. I've actually been and you know what and we'll definitely talk about it in the next game like Brian Gibbons I have been very happy with Oscar Lindbergh's play because again he's another player that we didn't know much about he came to Ottawa in that trade and really if you really think about it he's been pretty solid for us so far
1: well the other thing is uh, he's on the right side of the puck he's very good defensively and he can chip in on the other side of the ice what more can you want
0: for sure so, Tim, do you want to go on to talk about the second game of the evening? Yeah, let's go. Sens versus Islanders. This is a 5-4 to four Islanders shootout victory. Sens goals were scored by Brian Gibbons, Oscar Lindbergh, Bobby Ryan, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Islanders scores were scored by Brock Nelson, Devin Taves, Anders, Na- Anders Lee, Ross Johnston, and Jordan Eberle slash Matthew Barzell in the shootout. Chuck for 38-27 for the Islanders. A mixed bag game overall. While the first period was somewhat even, the second period was completely dominated by the Islanders until they took their foot off the gas in the third period, which led Ottawa to tie the game, only to lose it in the shootout. Now, I know that you were talking about in the first game about you've never seen a team that couldn't have given a shit more than the Panthers. For me, this is what the Ottawa Senators' defense was in that second period. Because, you know... You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they let twenty something shots in that period alone,
1: yeah, it was pretty nuts, like everyone except for the the Shabbat line got buried,
0: which is funny because i was um I was looking at somebody online and they were criticizing Shabbat's play in that game. They're thinking like he just didn't seem like he was all there, and you can kind of tell that maybe it was getting to him a bit. And watching it, and I, I try to watch this with that kind of mindset, but I'm thinking, you know, he had his moments where you can tell that the defensive play wasn't there, but overall, I thought he had a decent enough game.
1: No, I, he had a, I think he had a very good game. And the fact that Ottawa, that he managed, he got an assist on the night and was only out there for one goal against, well, Borowiecki and Harper got buried. I thought he had a great night for 20, for half the game, one goal against it, and a game where your team gives up four. You're doing more right things than wrong things.
0: Let's talk. Let's quickly talk about Craig Anderson, because he had 34 saves, a .895 save percentage. Now, I don't know about you, but I actually felt he played a decent game in front of a defense that, in that second period, pretty much left him out to dry.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, look where all the goals came from. They're right up in front of the crease. He was like, Oro and Harper left him out to dry.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know that we'll talk about this definitely in the next game versus the Islanders, because I feel that the same thing with Anders Nilsson in that game is that there was nothing the goalies could have done on those goals.
1: No, and I feel like the defense played worse the next
0: game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Brian Gibbons and Oscar Lindbergh had two goals on four shots combined. Like I said, putting together a nice little run for the Sens. But the goal I want to talk to you about, the Jean-Gabriel Pajot tying goal. Because this was... This is a goal that really, really could have been... It's very debatable whether that should have counted. Because if you watch it, it almost it looked like the defenseman... Shoved to Chuck into Robin Leonard, but it also looked like to Chuck was crashing the net anyway. So, and I'm watching that thinking, and I was surprised it counted because I'm watching this thinking, yeah, there's no way they're going to count that. There's no way they're going to count it. Oh my God, they, they counted. It.
1: Cause a lot of bad blood, too, hey.
0: Yeah, and you know what I was really surprised about? And I understand that he got a concussion from that. Robin Leonard did not freak out at Brady to Chuck for that. If this was two years ago, the last thing to Chuck would have seen was Robin Leonard beating the shit out of him on the ice.
1: Yeah, Robin Leonard is far more collected than than he was previously, and I think part of that is dealing with his demons. Part of that's just pure maturity. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of why Robin Leonard is finally being the Robin Leonard we do He we thought he could have been.
0: For sure, and. Like I said, like he got a concussion on that Which really sucks Because he's been playing very well for the Islanders And it's been really great to see that he finally got his career on track But yeah, when I saw it that, That's the first thing I thought of was Wow, Robin Leonard's not Trying to beat the shit out of Brady Kachuk right now
1: Yeah it's, And like
0: Leonard would have done it too Oh, he would have Absolutely he would have
1: Yeah, but I can see why the goal counted Because, well, Kachuk did get pushed into the net
0: yeah, but as I'm watching that, it... Contact off. Yeah, it looked like Brady Tuck was trying to crash in the net anyway, so that's why I was thinking maybe it wasn't going to go for Ottawa in that scenario.
1: Yeah, Islanders fans weren't happy with it, though.
0: That's true, Tim, and I really don't blame the Islander fans for that.
1: Mm-hmm. On to our next bout with the Islanders.
0: Islanders versus Senators. This is a 4-2 Islanders victory. Islanders scored, scored by Valtteri Filppula with two... Anthony Bulevelier, and Casey Senecas. Sens score scored by Dechakamania and Oscar Lindbergh. Shots were 37-30 for the Ottawa Senators. Fipula scores on a backhand to make it 1-0 Islanders. Brady Chuck tips in the Harper Point shot 5-hole to tie the game at 1. Fipula scores his second of the night to make it 2-1 Islanders after Ottawa fails to clear it. Oscar Lindbergh scores on a scramble to tie the game at 2. Anthony Bulevelier Squeaks one pass Nielsen to make it three two Islanders and Casey Sinekus intercepts a Shabbat pass to put it in the empty net to make it a four two Islanders victory. So I had to condense watch this game because, as I said this when we recapped our week, I had to go to Colanera that night. So I, and also I didn't get to go home. Didn't get home till late because I had to drive one of my coworkers home. Anders Nielsen, twenty seven saves a point nine hundred save percentage. I don't blame at all for this loss as the first two goals were from the slot and the third one just squeaked in.
1: But at the same time, I felt like Ottawa's offense played very well.
0: They you did absolutely they just get in the net? Yeah, and that's the one note I have is that that game could have gone either way because both teams looked solid, both goalies were playing well. It's just that all the bounces went for the Islanders. Pretty much, but uh, one
1: line that I thought was fantastic was the Duclair, Pajot Kachuk line.
0: mm mm-hmm. And that's actually the next note I have is Brady Kachuk, one goal and six shots. Unlike Colin White, it's really – it's kind of refreshing to see that Brady to Chuck is proving he doesn't need Mark Stone to play well in the NHL. Because mm-hmm. I don't That's know about – sorry, Tim, I don't know about you, but Colin White to me since Stone has left has been like when Drake Batherson was like when Matthew Shane left after injury. Like yeah. he's just not – he's there, but he's not producing.
1: Yeah, it's an untimely cold spell for sure. But, uh, I don't know, it's it's hard just because you, you took away a very good line made from the guy. But I don't think he hasn't been too terrible. He's, like, out of the four games this week, he has two points. Mm-hmm. So you can't shit on the guy too hard.
0: No, and I'm not completely shitting on Colin White. I'm just saying that between him and Brady DeChuk, DeChock is proving that proving more that he doesn't need Mark Stone. To be successful. Fair enough. No. Uh, Once again, Oscar Lindbergh. He quietly had himself a really nice run with his third goal in seven games as a center. And at the moment, he's a plus one as of that game. That's kind
1: of impressive on this team.
0: Yeah. So, do you have any more notes you want to make of this game, or should we head on to our fourth and final game of the evening, Tim? Let's do it. Sens versus Bruins. This is a three to two Bruins victory. Sens goals were scored by Jean Gabriel Pajot and Da Mania. Bruins goals were scored by Brad Marchand, Chris Wagner, and David Krejci. Shots were thirty one, eighteenth for the Boston Bruins. Boston outplayed Ottawa in this game. Ottawa's puck movement and defensive problems were the key to Ottawa to Boston outplaying Ottawa. Despite this, Ottawa were able to score a couple of goals along with the great play by Craig Anderson. Let's talk about Craig Anderson. Twenty-eight saves, a point nine oh three save percentage. To me, anyway, he was the real reason Boston did not completely blow Ottawa out of this game.
1: I'm not even going to say that. the only The only thing that stopped Boston from not blowing Ottawa out was the post.
0: But he made Which some. Boston well, the thing appreciate. is, to him, like, and I agree. He hit. They hit the post, but the, he also made a lot of timely saves when you can tell timely. the defense was not there.
1: He made timely saves, but Boston hit three posts. Like, they beat him clean three times and hit the post. That could have been easily been 6-2. Ottawa got routed, and I don't think anyone really had a good game.
0: Actually, that's not true. Uh, Brady to two points, one goal and assist. I thought he played a pretty solid game in his second game back in Boston.
1: Fair enough. And actually, that's pretty fair. And then the duclair claire pagio chuck line looked very good.
0: Mm-hmm. What didn't look good, though, once again, as we've talked about this all season, has been Ottawa's defense. They looked terrible in this game, especially on those power plays where the Bruins were just cycling the puck among each other, getting shots off, hitting the post, they go back, hit the post, go it again, Anderson stops it. Like, I don't know, like, really, I look at this team and I'm thinking, I'm I'm not even surprised that we're dead last in the NHL right now.
1: Well, I mean, like, Dvoroviecki and Harper have to be the worst third pairing in the league.
0: Yeah, they I to- i mean, I can't even really think of a comparison, right? Because, I don't know. I mean, those guys wouldn't even make the NHL any other team in the league.
1: No. Harper might be a sixth or seventh somewhere. Yeah. But Shabbat uh, uh, and DeMello had a rough night, too.
0: They did. They did, and... Especially watching the game. Like, Boston picked them alive in that game. I was just like, wow, like, what the hell is going on here, guys? Like, you guys are supposed to be our first pairing defense and you're playing like that?
1: Well, I mean, you're also playing against uh, Chara McAvoy, Marsha, and Bergeron.
0: True. Who? Ha- I she- mean, they all had a pretty good game and even Tuka Rask didn't have a bad game either.
1: No, but it's like, you're also trying to, like, the other sad, sad thing is, like, Ottawa has one, maybe two very good defensemen. Yep. And the bot has an off night, the defense core is bot. That's You just can't build a team like that.
0: No, you can't, man. Well, you know, like Tim, with that game ending, I feel that this song is very appropriate right now. Is it R.E.M.? Nope that's the sound of our playoff hopes right there as we are officially eliminated from the playoffs
1: we don't even get to do a tank episode this year because we don't even have our own tank, our own freaking first round pick,
0: no, I could probably uh, put something together where it's the clip from the Simpsons where, remember they fired the rocket at the comet and they missed and they hit the bridge
1: (laughs) something like that, he was
0: like It's like we treat, we like, we don't have a first pick. We're doomed. I wish it was times like this. I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer.
1: Thanks, Reverend Lovejoy. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I have anything more to say about The Sends this week. Uh, It was bad. Good things aren't going to happen. Yeah. That's all I got. I just hope I've been presently surprised with the play of Lindbergh and Gibbons, but. I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath for Gibbons, but Lindbergh might be Might be an interesting option to keep. For because sure. Because he looks like he'll be a good, a good veteran.
0: Yeah, and even Brady Tchock had a good week, too.
1: Yeah. So there's some positives. We won a game.
0: Yeah, and we got three points this week. Yeah. That's more than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that wraps up the games of the evening, Tim, which means we should be heading off into the close, eh, bud? Yep. First of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. And because our bod Dave made the mention, we're on Google Play Music. Actually, quickly about that, Tim, Adam messaged me. Last week's episode didn't show up on Google Play. Weird. Don't even know what to say about that. You can find us... Better fix it. Fuck, I totally forgot where I was going to go with this now. Oh yes, you can find us on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at n 9 Badger, and I'm at GreatRightGipster gr 8 Y T E gipster If you want to shoot us an email to talk about how I just flubbed that closing segment shoot us an email ThirdLinePlugSenseCast at gmail.com So Tim, we don't have to talk about four games next week. We only get to talk about three. Uh-huh. And the three games we're going to talk about, we've got the Senators, the Flyers, on Monday night. The Blues come to Ottawa to play the Senators on Thursday. And the third meeting of the Battle of Ontario, Saturday. Steve Austin Day, March 16th, in Ottawa.
1: I can't believe it's March. and We've only seen the Leafs two times.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, Tim, it's almost like, because we've gone to war with them twice, I think it's time that we apply a little ruthless sans gression. Whoa. Until next week, guys, I'm your host, Taylor Gibson.
1: And this has spin Ted Jetsy.
0: Go, sans, guys. My time it is up. They're going home.